Hi, my name is Sydney, and for my birthday this year, I got myself a brand new hyperfixation. Whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> Hi, my name is Maya. For my birthday this year, I got a sinus infection. Ooh, <laughs> the best of all presents. I know. It's everything I've ever wanted and more. I know. You were doing so well, too. I, I was on a hot streak for a little bit. Like, no sickness. It was going pretty okay for a while, but... The school semester has to ruin everything. All the time, no matter what. And this is Canonically Incorrect, the fanfiction podcast. And thank you guys for being really patient with us. Well, we took a two-month break. We took the months of July and August Mm -hmm. off for our physical and mental health. As you see, Maya made it through the physical part up until we were just about to start again. Yeah. Yeah, it's the irony of my life, at the very least. Yeah, but but thank you all for being patient with us. We are back during our birthday months to give you some indulgent, Mm. very nice, whatever the fuck we want episodes, because that's how our birthday month works for us. And we will hope that you guys are going to be patient because there's going to be some changes coming in the near future and the far future. We're going to just figure it out how we can keep doing this podcast and keep up with our mental health because burnout's not fun. So If you'll just be patient with us a little bit longer, we super appreciate you being here. But let's get into my episode today, because as I said, I have a new hyperfixation. (laughs) So it started last month in the month of August. A brand new movie came out on Amazon Prime, and it's based on a book (laughs) that I have had on my shelves for a very, very, very long time, but I never actually got to reading it. So I read it. (laughs) hooked immediately just absolutely like it was one of those I don't know if you've ever gone through something with like a book at least because it takes a while it's not the same thing as like a movie um, or even a tv show where it takes a lot of like time to get through a book Mm -hmm. and so normally like I'm not a rereader I'm not like a rewatcher so it takes a lot for me but like I finished the book and I was like I need to restart this book now immediately oh my god and then I watched the movie and I don't want to talk about how how many times I've watched the movie after I watched it the first time because that's between me and my Amazon Prime history. All right. But but that series, or not series, I guess, just single book and single movie is Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuinston. My God, uh, my king, everything, the writer they are. Maya, do you know anything about this book slash movie that just came out? I know nothing i've only been told what you had told me previous yeah, to yeah, this yeah. recording which was not a, not a lot admittedly we mm-hmm. we saw each other and you were just like i really like this thing and yeah. i was like oh all right yeah like slay and then we kind of left it at that because i think i i realize now that that was probably you preparing for this yeah well i had like something else completely different planned for like the episode and then i was just like so i can't Mm. (laughs) i can't do anything else but this because it's the only thing that i'm thinking about i truly haven't felt this way so it's a it's a romance novel about two uh, they're not like boys but i call them boys who are the first son of the president of the united states so his mom's the president of the united states and the prince of england okay and it sounds very like kitsch and like kind of like too it's like very mushy gushy and like i don't I don't think we've ever spoken, but, like, I don't know how, like, deep you are or, like, how much you love, like, just a good, like, rom-com or, like, a romance novel because you tend to be more on the angsty, sad side of things. Yeah. (laughs) But it is very, like, mushy-gushy, and it was just one of those things that, like, I I have a lot of romance novels that I love, but there was just something about, like, that book that was, like, the way that Casey McQuiston wrote, like, love, it was, like, one of those things where I had me crying because I was, like, I want to be loved like this one day. and the movie did the same thing like it's just like a stupid little fucking rom-com but i love it so much it's my heart and soul it was like one of those hyperfixation like obsessions that like made it felt like too big for my body do you know what i mean by that i i think i do i that's the first time ever anyone's ever put it like that to me but I think that makes sense. Yeah, where it was like, I didn't, like, my my little vessel here on Earth was, like, not big enough for, like, all of the, like, obsession. Like, I was pacing around my apartment. I wanted to, like, throw up and scream. And, like, I, like, oh, it just yeah. wasn't big enough for me. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. And it was just, like, it felt too big. And it got me, like, immediately reading fanfiction. Like, I immediately looked up fanfiction for it. And thankfully, because I don't do anything on time whatsoever, there was already like a slew of fan fiction written because the book came out in like 2019, I believe. 
So there was already people who had like written fan fiction. Um, so thank God. So I just read a fuck ton of fan fiction and I found one that I thought was just like perfect for my birthday episode. It's kind of short. It's very domestic. Like I, I w- I'm just going to say like, there's kind of no plot. There's a little bit of plot, but there's like no plot. And I was just like, you know what? I'm fucking doing whatever I'm wanting to do. Uh, slay. So the fan fiction that I chose from my like little, little thing of fan fictions of red, white, and royal blue fan fiction uh, it's called Hashtag Soulmates by author Everwit. It came out June 30th, 2021. So a couple of years after the book came out. And then it finished January 29th, 2022. There are 13 chapters, 44,922 words. So again, not super long. It is an explicit fan fiction, but of course, for this podcast, I always cut out the smutty parts because if you wanted to read it, go ahead, go indulge yourself in this very sweet, Little little smutty fic. The fandoms, of course, are red, white, and royal blue. And the two boys that I uh, have currently been obsessing my life for the past month at this point, I think, are Alex Claremont Diaz and Henry Fox about Christensen Windsor or Prince Henry. Jesus Christ. I'm assuming that's the British one. That is the British one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with the Windsor at the last end. Just clarifying. Yeah, yeah. No, that one's the British one. <laughs> um, Prince Henry. And uh, this is a alternate it it caught my attention the very first time I saw it because it is and like it's a modern AU so like he's not a prince in this one even though there's a lot of great fan fiction out there that is like spin-offs of the book so it's like a sequel or it's like parts of the uh, of the book that are like written out more thoroughly my favorite author is Indomitable Love currently they have my heart my soul they can have my bank account and a kidney for all I fucking care at this point Okay, Slay, huge. It is like a fan fiction alternate universe. So one of the characters writes fan fiction. Oh, okay. And Interesting. I thought it was really fun because in the book, there is a lot of uh, mentions of fan fiction. And every single time the book mentioned fan fiction, I had like uh, my like my feet kick in and like little giggles, you know, because <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just like it's I, I love any time uh, traditional media mentions fan fiction in any way, shape or form. And it's fun because like obviously these two characters in the book are very like notable figures. <laughs> right. So there's like a joke in the book that like Alex loves reading fan fiction about himself oh. um, because they always write him as like charming and brave and he's the best dude out there but like he has a sister and Nora who is like the vice president's granddaughter who is like a friend of his and they just like the, they have jokes that like they send him the fan fiction that he's in and he just absolutely adores it that's cute I like that I love it so much I think Casey McQuinston has a, a history of fan fiction so Casey <laughs> I don't, you're probably not assuming this, but if you are, we'd love to have you on, and I'd love to speak to you because you're my favorite person in the entire world right now. Nice. And I know you have a history with fan fiction because it was mentioned way too many times in that book. <laughs> so I thought it was really fun to have this like kind of nod to the to the book in a way. So I thought it was just like a very sweet, very fun uh, idea. It has. 36,000 hits, 2,116 kudos, 1,350 comments, and 450 bookmarks. So it's not super big, but I just adored every single thing about it. So I will start right now. It is Henry, who has been in fandom for a very long time. Reading slash fiction when he was 14, starting to write his own, and falling into the deep, deep, deep rabbit hole of LiveJournal, and then AO3, and Tumblr, and Discord, and TikTok. He has learned this lesson when it comes to who does and who does not read and write fan fiction. But this is Alex. Perfect, handsome Alex, the golden boy. And there's no way he is the reader who comments in caps lock every time Henry posts a new chapter. Except Alex just closed his browser a little too quickly, but not before Henry had gotten a good glimpse of the page Alex had opened. Archive of our own, Henry's current work in progress, the one that Henry literally just uploaded, and Alex was writing a comment. He's a good person. He's worked as a copywriter for six years. He comes in, does his job, goes home. When he is at home, he curls up on the couch with a laptop and a cup of tea, and he writes about young men falling in love and falling into bed together, and he's really good at it. At least that's what his readers say. So he's a a good person. So why must Mm -hmm. he deserve 
this fate, this knowledge that the beautiful new legal advisor in the office who has lunch with him once a week is his number one supporter for all things gay in his corner of the internet. Mm-hmm. I will say I don't know what I would do if I found someone reading my specific fan fiction in real life. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to know. I've thought you about wouldn't? this a lot. No, yeah. I've you? thought about this a lot. Because it's just like, I don't, not a lot, but like the thought of, the thought of it has passed my mind a few times of just Mm -hmm. like, oh, what if I ever caught someone going through my old Tumblr? Yeah. And I was like, I I wouldn't want to know. I think I would selectively delete that from my memory and just act like everything's fine because I I wouldn't want to know. I don't, I don't. Right. It is. Like I have, I have caught people on AO3 just like in general. And it's always one of those things where it's like, we're best friends now. I know your secret. You're, you're right. secret safe with me. But like my fan fiction, I don't say I can't say that I've ever thought about it. But I feel like it would also put me in a panic, like Henry, where I'm just like, I'm a good person. I don't deserve this. I don't know what's going on. I just it's yeah. different if they were like to approach and be like, oh, I know. Then it'd be like, haha. What do you What do you mean? Right. What do you mean? You know? Um, <laughs> because at that point, it's like I saw you writing the fan fiction. I saw that doc open. I need it now. Right. Where it's like. Even even with like close friends, it's like pretty much mm-hmm. everyone knows that I write it or yeah. like I haven't in a while, but like they knew that I did. And so it's like no one ever like outwardly mentions it to me unless mm-hmm. it's like a like a joke. Like you are close friends that like whenever I talk about writing something, they're like, oh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like I know yeah. what you're working on. And like, Shut up. Right? No, you don't. <laughs> but I guess then put it into perspective. It is like your it's like your crush on top of that all. Like that's even worse rather than just, like, a stranger. Right. I would not want to know. So that is the predicament that our darling Henry is in, where he's, like, sitting there, and he's kind of doing the thing that you said you would do, where you're just like, I'm collectively deciding that that didn't, I didn't see that. That was not, he, it's a different page <laughs> yeah. on AO3. <laughs> it's not nice. the one that I that I think it is. But then he's watching Alex as he gets back to his desk, and he's pulled up this new this browser and he's furiously typing away and then he gets an AO3 notification it's mm-hmm. from Barracuda Baby and in yeah. all caps it says sweetheart motherfucker how dare you make me feel this way at 1pm on a Tuesday you should know that I almost had to cancel lunch with my office crush because this had me so shook fuck you also please write more nice see that that's a good one that that comes that's, that's a good one though. that's different because they like it yeah yeah, yeah. He's like they're actively leaving comments and stuff. That's not just like I caught you reading my work. That that please don't. <laughs> okay, the next question would be: Would you tell them? Like, would you or would you keep it a secret? I would keep it a secret. Okay, I'd be too embarrassed. So Henry, he closes his email that has you know the new you got a new comment on AO3 as he opens a DM to write to his internet BFF Pez one single word and that is help. Pez and Henry hop on a video call immediately after work to scream about how the fuck this is happening in Henry's life right now. And he says, what do I do? And Pez is like, isn't it, you have to ask Alex out. Henry, he referred to you as his office crush. He likes you, you like him. That is not a complicated dilemma. (laughs) And then Henry very clearly and very like sanely says, what part of this is not complicated? He's read my stories. He left me very detailed, alarming, euphoric comments on my very, very explicit gay pornography. It Mm -hmm. feels a little invasive. I think that's fair. I think that is also fair. I think he's he's very sane and rational to think about that. And he says, like, I shouldn't know all of this about him. Alex wouldn't want me to know about the fanfics he reads, which he's, like, very right. Like, I feel like what I read on AO3 is, like, very personal. And, like, that Mm -hmm. that is, like, almost, like, the deepest part of my soul. You know what I mean? I think that's fair. So Henry's going off and he's saying, like, he's never told me about it. I don't know him nearly well enough. We only have lunch once a week. It just feels weird. And Pez is saying, like, maybe just don't completely rule out asking him on a date, though. You know, maybe it won't be as awkward as you think it is. But it is, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. infinitely awkward. Right. (laughs) At lunch with Alex the next week, he can barely focus on his food and not the man that is sitting across the table from him, who is clearly very frustrated about something right now. So Alex tells Henry about how his last law firm invited him to their, like, 10-year anniversary 
but he doesn't want to go. He hates the people who he used to work for. They're like super awful people, racist, homophobic, the whole nine yards, you know, mm, very waspy yeah. lawyer people. But he's been recently thinking about how fun it would be to show up with a man, especially since no one there knew he was bisexual. Just to like, what, you know, what could happen? They can't fucking fire me, you know? I'll just like rub some people the wrong way and like make their night terrible. But he doesn't have any gay friends or at least anybody who knows that he likes men. So he wouldn't feel comfortable asking any of them to do that with him. And before he could think, Henry, he's saying, I'm spontaneous. And Alex just stares at him. And Henry knows that he cannot take back the words that came out of his mouth. And he says, I'm also, you know, gay. <laughs> And I'm cer mm -hmm. certainly spiteful enough. I one time kissed my best friend just to piss off my grandmother. So let's say that I have some expertise in the area. Okay. And Henry is waiting for Alex to do anything but nod. And then he smiles and says, kissed your best friend, huh? That go anywhere? And Henry says, no, he's absolutely brilliant, but we've never seen each other in that way. And Alex is very curious and he says, so were you or were you not volunteering to be my fake date to my former workplace's stupid dinner in order to cause some mar marvelous outrage? Because I think that would be very, very fun. I will say that I forgot about my love for fake dating until I started reading romance novels again, because there's a lot of fake dating in romance novels. Um, really? At least right now. It's a very popular trope in traditionally published romance novels right now. Like... Uh, I just read The Unhoneymooners, which has it. Take a hit, Danny Brown, has fake dating in it. Uh, there's, I don't know why, fake dating is a very popular trope in traditionally published romance novels right now. Interesting. Like, I I like it enough, right? Like, I think fake dating is, like, really great. But those, those girlies who are reading romance novels are eating that shit up, like, left and right. And I was, like, I it wasn't until I started reading traditionally published romance novels again that I was like, you know what? This shit is really good. I mean, fake dating is great. Like, don't get me wrong. It... Yeah. Not only does it work in like the fluffy sense, but it also like, ouch, could be could be very hurty yeah. in the right context. So I think it's very flexible. I think it is very flexible. And I'm glad that it's getting its like due notice um, in a traditional space. Um, but I, I love a good fake dating. So it takes Henry all of 10 minutes after they arrive at this party to realize that his proposal to Alex was spectacularly awful mistake on his part. Because he's walking around this room with Alex, introducing him as his boyfriend. But there's like, a, you know, a slight pain in his stomach whenever he's reminded that this is all pretend, which is the hurty part that you mm -hmm, probably mm -hmm. eat up. I live off of pain. Oh my god, the pain that comes from that is like, because I don't know why I'm thinking about this just now. Yeah, there is a lot of pain to it where it's like, if the person, if person A likes person B enough to do fake dating, obviously it's going to hurt them when they're like right. this isn't real whatever but also when they start having feelings for each other and they're like this was all fake to begin with I'm gonna go you know hurt myself a little bit more like I'm just gonna like put myself in emotional turmoil just so much pain involved yes <laughs> yes you are absolutely right I think that's why I eat it up because I mean it and it's mostly situations where it's like oh both parties are hurting but one but they don't know about the other party hurting it's just hurting themselves yes. And that's the one instance why we'll like, I'll take miscommunication in that sense, because it's like, oh, you don't want to tell the other person about your feelings, because then they might be like, oh, well, this is just supposed to be fake. I don't feel anything. So let's stop doing this now. So Henry's going through this like slew of painful emotions. And he knew that it was going to be a very tough night regardless. But it's nothing but people around him who are making snide remarks about Alex's career path and straight up ignoring Henry the entire time but you know he takes it all in stride using this night to like praise Alex and talk about how like great of a guy he is both as a, like a worker and like a boyfriend and when the night begins to wind down Henry is like a little bit buzzed on the alcohol that was provided and pulls Alex closer to like whisper like kiss me he says drag okay. me out of here no saying anything to anybody let them all know that you've got something more important to do and let's leave and Alex is like it's not a half bad idea are you sure that it's okay and Henry has never been more sure of anything in his entire life hmm. and it's a little too easy to relax into Alex's embrace it just feels right since he's a little thrown off the fact that Alex kisses him in a way that he would have never expected to kiss. It's very sweet and it's very earnest. And there's like a little bit too much emotion in there, if you know what I mean. And 
they walk out, all eyes are on them, and it's quiet outside when they make it to their respective cars. And Alex lets Henry know how grateful he is to him for, you know, fucking with his old coworkers and lets him know that if there's any relatives that he wants to piss off, Alex will absolutely be there. And then he's gone. But when Henry gets back home, he sees that he's received a DM that is from Barracuda Baby, a.k.a. Alex. Mm-hmm. And he says, hey, I know we never really talk outside of me yelling about your fix, but I wanted to tell you that I've had kind of a weird night and I just reread Good to Know You're Not Perfect and I feel a thousand times better, so thank you. Henry stares at this message because he's right. They don't really do this. All they talk about are Henry's fix and Henry's writing, but he is typing a message and hitting send before he can think. And he says, you should give yourself a break. And Alex replies, it's funny that you would say that. Any chance that you've got something new to post soon? Absolutely no pressure, but I just love your stuff. How about this? Send me a prompt and I will write you a drabble. Really? Can it be anything? Can it be sexy? Depends on the prompt. Maybe a one-word challenge? Those work well for me. And Alex sends back the word champagne. And before Henry can think about what he's doing, he's writing. He's already got this idea that he's pouring out onto the page and he writes, His lips taste of champagne. His suit is well-pressed, his smile sharp and devastating. His hands on me feel endless. I'm melting under his touch, surrendering to the drag of his lips against mine. To the feeling of a smile that mirrors my own, I never want it to end. I want to chase the taste of moat down my throat, to have him drink me in and swallow me down, down until I'm on my knees for him, swallowing him down too. I want to taste him self on my lips after to kiss him and kiss him and kiss him until my tight embrace follows him in dreams i want to kiss him until he never dreams of any lips but mine henry keeps up this little text exchange under the guise of fan fiction author and loving reader henry will sometimes write alex little drabbles here and there and alex will open up to henry about his real life office crush and so on but the longer this goes on the more pez pushes henry to tell alex who he is and what he knows because Alex is literally spilling his guts to Henry, and he doesn't know that Henry is Henry. (laughs) So Pez says, if you don't tell him soon, he's going to be pissed at you once he finds out, and rightfully so. Henry says, I know, but I just, I don't know how. And he says, well, it's easy, isn't it? You just type out, what's up, Barracuda? Just a quick announcement. I know you're in real life. I'm your crush. You want to go get lunch sometimes. Would you be upset if you found out that someone that you read was someone that you knew in real life? I don't, I don't think so. Um, No, like if it was just a reader, but I think in this scenario where like they've kind of become internet best friends and he's kind of like, like he is spilling his guts to him. Like I've cut out a lot of the messages, but he is talking about like, he has this crush on this guy and like, he doesn't really know if he likes him back because he's very shy he doesn't really talk to a lot of people in the office and he's tried flirting with him but he doesn't flirt back with him and he's like well maybe like he doesn't like dudes but like now I I found out that he does like dudes so maybe he doesn't like me if in that situation and the person doesn't come up to me like after like the first message or something and is like hey (laughs) I, I I I am who I am and like I don't know if you should be telling me anymore about this because like you have internet friends where it's like there's like a distance there or like there you can tell this person things that you maybe wouldn't tell people because there's like a distance between you if it's just somebody who was reading my work um who like someone in my real life who like looked me up and read my real work no I wouldn't be pissed off but like if if this situation was happening I do think I would be pissed off I think that's valid it's just like yeah he was like oh they're gonna get pissed if they find out and I was like would I be upset would you be upset? Realistically, I don't think I would. I think I'd oh, be more okay. surprised than anything. And then I'd be like, oh, hey. Because I think I would also understand that, like, I wouldn't want to reach out and be like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Anyways, um, we've been messaging right. a lot recently and I know you. So, like, it'd, it'd be from that point where it's just like, oh, like, I understand why why you acted the way that you acted. Because I would have done the same if I was in the position of the writer I wouldn't want to say anything either. And, like, eventually I would. But if I was in the reader's position, I don't think I would be that upset. I think it might be very brief rather than, like, sustained anger. Maybe at that point, 
maybe it wouldn't be anger and maybe like more embarrassment of like fuck <laughs> fuck yeah. i've told you so much i especially like what henry says where it's like like he he knows that i write this porn and i know what porn he reads and it's like oh, that, yeah. it's like a way more embarrassing situation mm-hmm yeah, I, I guess, like, after listening to you, like, I don't know, maybe if it would be anger or more, like, embarrassment of, like, oh, I really just kicked the bucket on this one. I don't think I can come into work ever again. I think I should put in my two weeks right this instant, actually. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah. yeah. I think that's understandable. Um. So, yeah, this conversation goes on, and Henry knows that, like, his friend Pez is right. That, like, he, sh- like, he should tell Alex before it gets, like, even worse. And he deserves... He deserves to know regardless of, like, his own feelings because Alex deserves to know, like, who he's been sharing his secrets with and who he's been, like, you know, whose work he's been reading and, like, who knows his secrets and everything. So, you know, he is sitting at his computer and he's trying to find the right words to type to Alex. But no matter what he writes, it's not good enough. And so another day goes by without Henry telling Alex the truth. And that weekend... Henry goes to a nearby coffee shop to work on his fanfic, and it's definitely not the, like, place or the time he would expect to run into Alex, but Alex finds him at this coffee shop, he just sees him there, and he sits in the chair across from Henry, and he's kind of startled a little, and he quickly, quickly closes that AO3 tab, it's like a, it's like a reflex at that point, Mm -hmm. and can somehow only like manage one word answers to Alex's questions. He's like, how are you? And Henry's like, good. And you? Not bad. Mm. Just getting some work done. You know, are you getting some work done? And he's like, no, 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 I'm reading. And Alex is like, oh, what are you reading? Mm, uh Uh-huh. And Henry hesitates. It's like, at one point, he's like devastated because he doesn't, you know, normally he would lie. He's like, oh, I'm reading like an article or whatever. But he's also seeing it as like a sort of gift from God that like somehow he can think of this as an opportunity to just sit there face Alex and say fan fiction. I'm reading fan fiction, but there is a shift in Alex's expression and he looks apprehensive and he says, I mean, that's cool. Unless you're making fun of me. And Henry's like, why would I be making fun of you? Oh, come on now. I'm sure you know. I bet someone sent it around the office by now. It usually happens as soon as someone Googles me. Henry is like, oh, I still have no fucking idea what you're talking about. And so <laughs> Alex is <laughs> he's put himself in this position where he's like, fuck, well, now I have to tell you because I just, I just like gave you a very weird explanation and can't just be mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to leave you in the dark. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Alex explains that when he was a teenager, he did a few commercials And a few of them had this other kid acting alongside them. They were not like a series of commercials. They were like one for orange juice and then like one for home insurance or whatever. But like they just somehow managed to get these two boys in like a couple of this of these commercials together. And the Internet at the time, or at least this very like niche corner of the Internet, went absolutely feral over these commercials with these two boys who looked like very cozy together and they wrote a couple fanfics about them so now whenever someone brings up fanfiction to Alex it's because they somehow found out about these fics about him oh interesting yeah and of course because like commercials normally don't have like names for people in the commercials they're like his actual name so it's like real person fanfiction with his actual name attached to it Oh, I see. That's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. And again, I don't know how I would react in the situation. I have thought about that before. What, if people wrote about you? Yeah, because like, you know, we have a podcast, like people listen. I'm like, it's not a, it's not like a thought that hasn't crossed my mind of like, one day somebody might write fan fiction about me or about us in whatever way that people write fan fiction about. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I see. I never thought about that. I think I would, I think I would just, again, selectively ignore it because like, okay. you know, it's, it's like people, people, people enjoy what they enjoy and I'm yeah. not going to like diss on that. Cause I feel like this is probably something that every celebrity has to go through, For but sure. they're just like, yep, I know. But like Mark, I've been listening to a lot of distractible lately has definitely talked yeah. about, he's actively aware of the amount of fan fiction that has been produced about him. And he's just like, yep. Yeah. 
that's the way that it is. Like, I'm not going to diss anyone that does it because that's what they enjoy doing. And they're like figuring things out for themselves. But at the same time, it's like, I just don't want to read it. I just don't want to know what people think about me in that way or have thought about me in that way. So. Yeah, I I have definitely thought about it. I just honestly, like, honest to God, I don't know how I would react to it. Because even like, even reading like Red, White, and Royal Blue, where the character of Alex is like, he loves the fan fiction that's written about him. Like, he loves it. He like reads it as a bedtime story. Like, he thinks it's great. And I'm like, would I also love it? Because I already love fan fiction. Like, I already love like the the art of fan fiction. I already love fan fiction authors. So I don't know if I would. I guess like it would just be depending on like what it is. Uh huh. Like if it's like a romantic fan fiction between you or I, I do feel that. I would ignore it. <laughs> but if we're just like silly little friends, I do feel like I would love it. I Yeah, no, no. If it was like Slice of Life, like AU, yeah. nothing crazy. Yeah, I might I might enjoy sitting down and perusing. Yeah. Perusing that just for a little. But if, if it's anything that's like more than that and people like start shipping, then it's like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to stop. I have to ignore at this point. Yeah. Like it's... Again, people will enjoy what they enjoy, and I'm not going to try and ruin that, but that is very much something that I will not participate in. For sure. So that is the position that, you know, Alex is faced. And, you know, now you're thinking like, well, he's like, he's reading fan fiction at this point. So his first foray into fandom wasn't a very kind one to him. Obviously, like, Mm. again, people are going to do what they want to do, but it wasn't um exactly comfortable for him to know that these things exist about him and of course now that he is an adult people googling his name they go a couple pages deep into google they will find you know the ao3 links but now that he was introduced to what fandom and fan fiction was he then went looking for some more and now he's just kind of found himself in the situation where like he knows what fan fiction is he knows you know what uh he reads fan fiction about like some of his favorite books and movies and everything, but like that part of fan fiction is still very touchy for him where it's like his first experience wasn't great, but it introduced him to this thing that he loves now. And Henry knows that this is like very big that like Alex is admitting this to him, especially since like, he's like, Oh, well you also read fan fiction. So maybe, you know, we can talk about our favorite fanfic from time to time. Like what, what fandoms are you in and at that point Henry kind of like like closes up because he's like if I tell him that like it's the fandom that he loves then like it's even more suspicious I don't know but after this he just knows that he can't lose Alex over something so small as like just not telling him the truth about like his internet persona basically so he creates this plan step one He gets through work on Monday. That step goes very smoothly. Step two, he goes home and quietly sends Alex a carefully worded message that he and Pez created. And he could wait until the next lunch to kind of have a very, like, awkward lunch with him being like, hey, so you got my DM anyways. (laughs) Can we, you know, can we keep going from here? And it would have been a really great step if he ever made it to that step. But as he's leaving work, he gets pulled into the office by his boss to remind him of the office trivia competition tonight. And Henry is trying to get out of this to enact the rest of his plan. But then Alex walks up and tells him he's looking forward to seeing him tonight. And he uh, melts into a puddle on the floor and he goes. So the night goes smoothly for the most part. Henry is pining over Alex the whole time while kicking his butt at trivia because they are the epitome of enemies to lovers anyways. But there's this one question about like Tress Leche's cake that Henry dominates and it blows Alex out of the fucking water. And it's like a very short conversation they have about it. And then Alex gets up out of his seat and he walks to like where the back of this like, I don't even, I don't really know where they are, the room, the building that they are in. And Henry's heart stops when like Alex glances back in a way that very clearly says like, are you following me? Are you coming? And so Henry follows Alex past the bar, past the bathrooms, out this door that leads him to the back alley of the pub. And Henry barely has the door shut behind him before Alex grabs him by the shirt and kisses him on the mouth. And it's absolutely nothing 
like their last kiss the one that was like sweet and earnest and like just for show this time Alex kisses Henry like he means it like it means something and Alex pulls back just enough to make eye contact and he says Jesus fucking Christ you have no idea what you do to me what you've been doing to me all night I cannot with you how are you so knowledgeable and so hot and skilled at fucking baking you have no idea how much I have wanted you and for how long I've fucking wanted you Besides for the wanting you part, that's how I feel about you, bro. Oh my god! It's so sweet. Thank you. So Henry freezes. There was never a part this 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 part this part where he's making out with Alex in an alley was never part of the plan. But they're here, this is happening now, and Alex still doesn't know the whole truth, and that's not fair to him. So Henry says, Alex, I know you in real life. Okay. And Alex goes, yeah, yeah, you do. Are you all right? How much have you had to drink tonight? And Henry goes, that came out wrong. Uh, Alex, I know you. Um, I know you online. I know you in fandom. And Alex stares at him. The cogs in his uh-huh. brain are turning, putting all of the pieces of their online conversations together until it finally clicks. And he just goes, what the fuck and henry's like i know i should have told you i was gonna tell you so many times but i was just i was so scared i'm so sorry you knew how i felt about you jesus henry i told you exactly how i felt about you and you just let me but i've been flirting with you in real life for months and you haven't given me a single reason to think that you liked me back did you think you might as well get with me because you knew that i would be easy for you no alex no when I figured out who you were and I started talk and you started talking about your crush, I couldn't believe it. I'd never once realized that you were flirting with me. And then I was terrified to tell you who I am online. So I just, I panicked. I had no idea what to do. I, I, I've never wanted to hurt you or use you. Never. But you still hurt me. So Henry looks down for a moment, unable to keep meeting Alex's eyes. And he thinks maybe he should just leave. Alex knows now. He doesn't know Alex any other explanation and except he can't because Alex still has a grip in Henry's shirt and he says I just don't understand what you want you want me but you still don't want me to know all of you or just not any private part of you do you just want sex is that it because I can't do that I'm in way too deep and Henry says I want to know you better I really do I want you to learn more about me and I want to let you in and share every part of my life with you That might take me some time. I'm not used to starting from whatever this is. But you still want to try. Yes, very much so. And Alex nods slowly. And then finally he smiles. It's very brief, but it's there. Yeah, okay. You should take me on a date if you want. No pressure, though. I'd love that. Did you you have anything in mind? Nope but I'm pretty sure you can come up with something nice to invite me to. You said you wanted to try, didn't you? Then try. Ask me out. It's not a reaction that Henry could have ever predicted, but it's clearly so much better than Henry deserves. After all, Alex is actually giving him a chance. And Alex takes a few steps back, letting go of Henry's shirt in the process. And he says, I'll see you. I know you know where to find me. Let me know when you've figured out the best way to woo me. I'm looking forward to being highly impressed. And then it's Alex who is having the proper crisis. He does two things when he gets home. One, he calls his friend Nora to have a crisis with her. And two, he rereads every single message to Henry and any comment he's ever left on one of Henry's fanfics. The direct messages are bad enough on their own, you know? There's this guy I like, he's really sweet, but I don't think he's into me at all. If he was interested, he'd have asked me out by now. He's unbelievably gorgeous. But the comments, if Henry wanted to, he could read all of these comments and know exactly how Alex enjoys things in the bedroom. I would be deleting comments just left and right. Oh, yeah. No, I, no one needs to, no, not on the internet. (laughs) That's okay. We keep some things to ourselves. (laughs) again nothing is more sacred and private to me than my ao3 history and that is so like 
I even then, there's some things that the two of us have said to each other that we're like, no one else will ever oh, know this. One hundred percent. There are some things that you know that like, not a chance in hell anybody else knows. And I'm betting to keep it that way. There is just no, listen, I know I'm a person on the internet, but I'm not getting that deep with you. I must be for real. Like there are some things that you will never know about me. And that's going to keep that. I'm going to keep it that way. That's I think that's like a normal reaction to have. But like to have these of like, and I get it. Fan fiction authors love comments, but that's why I'm sticking to the comments of like, this was so good. OMG. <laughs> yeah. like, you, like I, I love the people dearly, like with my entire heart who like go into detail about one of my fanfics or like uh, any fanfic that like, I, these are the specific details that I love. I have too much anxiety. Now it's all I'm going to be thinking about is like someone's going to find my comments and be like, I know everything about you. <laughs> no, no, I'm not letting that happen. I have too much anxiety about this podcast of like, if people listen to specific episodes, they know too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. And that's why there are some episodes where I'm like, hey, if you know me in real life, shut it the fuck off. It's not happening. That's why I was like, I wouldn't I wouldn't even let them know that I knew about me, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm very, uh, yeah, no, you're so right for that. It's, it's it's such an awful situation. But Alex, he is impatiently waiting to hear from Henry in any capacity on, like, their date. He's, like, pacing around his, you know, apartment. He's like, when is he going to text me? And his phone rings, and he, like, thinks it's Henry, but he checks, and it's just news breaking on the casting for the adaptation of White, Pink, and Minty Green. The book that Henry writes fanfiction for, Alex reads fanfiction for, and, oh, the book that Alex's sister June wrote. Mmm, okay. So the plot thickens. <laughs> so maybe ha Alex has a few secrets of his own. June doesn't necessarily know the sheer amount of fanfiction that Alex consumes about her books, but June doesn't know that, you know, Alex's office crush just happens to be the fic writer, of her book with the most hits on AO3. Henry doesn't know that Alex's sister is the writer of his current hyperfixation. Mm -hmm. So okay. currently, though, Alex is staring at Henry. So he's back in the office and he's staring at Henry from across the office and he feels a little silly, currently unable to focus because of a stupid office crush. But it's been half a week since the incident and Henry has been friendly to him at work, but he hasn't tried to find an opportunity to talk to Alex in private. And it's been maddening to him. So Alex's phone buzzes in his pocket and he's quick to reach for it and unlock the screen and sees that it is a message from Henry asking if he's doing anything on Saturday. And he says no. And Henry says, can you keep your plans open? I want to take you somewhere, but I'm waiting for confirmation on something very mysterious. Mm -hmm. It's a surprise, and I want it to be perfect. I'm trying to really impress this guy. And Alex looks across the room, and he's not prepared to find Alex's attentive eyes on him. Henry looks down as soon as their eyes meet, though. Aren't you a charmer? Alex writes. Is that a yes? To what? Letting me surprise you. On Saturday, hopefully. I guess that's all right. And Alex can't wait for Saturday, except two days later, he gets another message from Henry asking to push their date back by a week. But Alex is out of town all that weekend, and Henry doesn't get back to Alex for two whole hours. It's more than enough time for Alex to get impatient, and it's not made any easier by the fact that Alex can see that Henry is frowning at his screen and furiously typing. Whatever he's trying to arrange is very not well. It's not going very well in the slightest. And Henry messages later, Saturday night in three weeks. And Alex says, do you really want to put this off until then? And Henry says, look, I've been hopelessly gone on you since the day I met you. And I'm not screwing this up now. I'm not. I want to make this special, please. So Alex agrees because Henry is trying he's fighting for this for Alex Henry wants this and it's literally everything Alex has needed from Henry has asked of Henry so he agrees but when Henry and Alex meet for their weekly lunch Alex has butterflies in his stomach it's nothing special or fancy because Henry is very clear that this is not a date he wants to make sure he knows when this is a date when he's letting him go on this date with him and he looks calm for the most part but there is a subtle flush on his cheek and his bottom lip is like worried in a way that Henry has been biting into it. 
and Alex smiles, appeased by Henry's apparent nerves. And since his feelings for Henry are basically out in the open anyways, and apparently Henry wants Alex the same way, he talks about more than work, and he learns that Henry is the youngest with an older brother and sister. He doesn't get along with his brother. His best friend Pez knows all about Alex and is the key player in making their date absolutely perfect. And that is very new to Alex, getting used to the idea that Henry actually likes him. Mm -hmm. He's kind of angry at telling his past self for telling Henry to like make an effort and not just like jumping into his arms as soon as he's like no I've I've actually been in love with you this entire time (laughs) but when the day finally arrives Henry is leading Alex in through a side entrance and slips his security guard friend a couple bills as he lets them inside of the empty museum the Victoria and Albert Museum means a lot to Henry and he watches Alex's captivated gaze and feels something slot into place in his chest. Wow, Alex says, this is some first date. I'm glad that you like it. Henry makes his way to Alex's side and calmly takes Alex's hand in his. Like, all of this is too easy. Because as it turns out, it is. He pulls Alex through the main hall to a spot that he has set up with a picnic blanket, a bowl of strawberries, a box of chocolates, two tall empty glasses, and a bottle of champagne. It took forever to set this up when there was no event at the museum, when Henry's friend was working so that he could let them into the museum. But the look on Alex's face makes this all worth it. And they sit and talk for a while, some about Henry's relationship to this museum, some about Henry's fix and his preferences, and as he writes said fix, and some about their friends, friends who clearly wish to meet this mystery person the other has been gushing about for months if not years and coincidentally Pez will be in New York for Christmas the same place June and Nora live and Alex thinks it would just be so cool if he and Henry were to hop on a plane to New York together and Henry says Alex I would absolutely love to I guess that means I'm going on a second date with you and Henry's heart does something funny in his chest Can we go around and look at the art later, since we're here and all? Although I'm honestly just happy looking at you, so like, it's kind of your call. I'd love to give you a tour. Right behind you, for example, is a 500-year-old statue called Samson Slaying a Philistine. It's one of my favorites. Do you know how it relates to one of our gay kings, James I? If anybody has ever read Red, White, and Royal Blue, you know exactly like the the Victorian Albert Museum is just like such a pivotal part that I'm like so glad it was in this fic and like also mm. what a sweet fucking date idea to have a picnic inside an empty museum oh my god <laughs> I love them so much that's like I have read a lot of fan fiction in the past month of like my obsession with them and the fan fiction authors there is probably like really angsty um, fan fiction for this fandom but all of the authors that I found like all the really popular ones they write just the mushiest gushiest sweetest they are so in love with each other because that's exactly how they are in the book and it has made my heart so happy and so full ever since like I found out about it because it's like I just I love two people who are just so maddingly in love with each other and it's like I'm so glad that I can, I'm so glad fan fiction exists because I could just read about it over and over and over again. I have never been so happy that fan fiction existed in my entire life. I can tell. You really, this has like consumed you. I don't want anybody to look at my, except for you, because you're my soul, you're my soul sister apparently, to look mm. at like my, my burner Twitter because it's just, it is just first prince content it is like really bad at this point i it's been a long time since you've been obsessed with something like this so it's like I know. almost it like jarring really a little bit yeah i can tell because like it's it's been a hot minute so yeah. it's it's very refreshing to see you go through this it is it feels i don't know it feels just really nice like i don't know like it yeah like what i was saying like that like obsessive feeling of like my body being too small for the love I have for this thing, I don't think I felt since I was, like, a teenager. There was something... No, that's not true. Ever since my Hawks phase in 2020. So it's been a good Uh, three years. The summer of 2020, that was, like, the same feeling of, like, being in love with Hawks and having, like, my Hawks summer. Like, that was the same feeling. But it's been three years since that. It's, yeah. 
I mean, it takes time. Just, it does. And it, it just, like, you have to find the right thing. But it also just feels nice to have something that, like, I, I genuinely want to read fanfiction about every single night. Because I know that was, like, a thing that we had talked about before going on our break. It was, like, fanfiction almost felt like it became a job before we took our break. And, like, during that time... I found this thing that I became very obsessed with and it was like fan fiction became fun again. That's the thing is it's like things are finally it I don't know doing the podcast is a little different in terms of reading fan fiction because like we actively have to take notes and like make sure that we understand it to a certain degree in order to present it to not only another person Mm -hmm. but like a general audience so it's nice to finally be back on the side and not that I wasn't enjoying the things that I was reading but like like, I'm actively seeking these out because I enjoy this thing so much that I just want to read more fanfiction of it. Yeah. No, you you are completely correct. And, like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just, like, serendipitous that, like, I have owned this book for years. Like, I have just, it's been sitting on my shelf and I decided to read it because the movie was coming out and that just happened to be the time we were taking a break to, like, find our love for this thing again. And it just felt so serendipitous that I was just, like, oh, this is how I this is how I felt when we first started doing this. And like, this is the obsession that I felt for this character or this ship or this piece of media that was just like, this feels good again. I feel like I put a little Band-Aid on my heart. I think that's good. I, yeah. I can tell too by the tone of your voice. I think almost, I don't know if it was the same, but when you got into your Gojo like cheating phase. Oh like, yeah. That was like, that was, <laughs> that was like, listen, I'm not doing the cheating phase, but you came over like every single week and you're like, so this new cheating fic that I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody yeah. uploaded more Gojo fanfiction. <laughs> so now that Henry, all of Henry's secrets have been fixed and bandaged and they've moved on, it is now time for Alex to start fixing his shit and telling the people in his life, especially since he's like, at this point, him and Alex are like, we going to keep doing this? Are we going to keep dating? And they're like, yeah. So Alex is like, I got to tell my sister that I read fan fiction and also that my boyfriend writes fan fiction and that my boyfriend, I have to tell my boyfriend that my sister wrote the book (laughs) about Mm -hmm. the book that he really likes. So he starts off by calling his sister June, who is currently in the middle of a horrible writer's block while writing the sequel uh, for her book. And she's very excited to hear that her little brother's will be bringing a boyfriend home for Christmas and she just hopes that like she'll be finished with her first draft to actually get some time to hang off with them and the more that she talks about her book the more Alex knows that he has he has to tell her about the fan fiction about Henry so when he does June freaks out a little to hear that Alex reads fan fiction of the characters in her book and that mm-hmm. his new boyfriend writes fan fiction of the characters in her in her book which, like, again, it's a situation where, like, she knows the fan fiction exists, but she pretends, like, she pretends that it doesn't. Like, she just doesn't interact with it, which is, like, what most authors do or, like, all authors do. And, again, I would never be put in this situation, but I don't know what i do if my sister just went, I read fan fiction about <laughs> the book that you wrote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, uh, my boyfriend has the most amount of kudos and hits like he's the number one most popular fan fiction author for your book i don't know how i how i would react i maybe i'd be like i would love to meet him one day actually i i'll say like i think it could be interpreted that like it's i don't know wrong of june in a way but like i think she's like totally right in like her freak out just because it's like very new like a lot of information being put on at her all at once and like she does settle down like after her like semi freak out she's very excited to meet Henry like she's she's more excited to meet Henry at this point especially Mm. after Alex begins to gush about how like how good Henry's stories are and how amazing of a writer he is and she's like Mm -hmm. she like she's not really surrounded by other writers um so she's like all right like I'll be talking to another writer like that's we have like something in common now so with one secret down Alex is readying himself for the second part of this when Pez texts him. And it's a little strange since they don't normally interact like this, only in the comments of Henry's fix. But he knows exactly why Pez texts him later when he reads the comments on Henry's latest chapter update. And they're mostly good comments, great comments, but there are a handful that are mean, telling Henry that, you know, he is 
wrong for the plot choices that he makes, that he doesn't interpretate the characters of the book well. And Alex is not a writer by any means, but he just knows that Henry is like beating himself up about it from across the city. So he immediately goes into crisis mode, grabbing takeout before hightailing it to Henry's place. And he looks awful, but he feels awful. So it like, it, that complete, like it checks out. I feel awful. I look awful. And Henry says, I know that it's silly that I shouldn't work myself up over it. And Henry's, or Alex is like completely like, it's not, Hen like, it's not silly, Henry. Like those, those people are being really mean. Like, I know how much you worked on this. Like, you're not being silly about it. And Henry's like, I mean, like, it wasn't even that bad. They're just like, they're just interpreting the characters differently. And like, none of us are wrong. And Alex, the like bulldog he is, is like, they were so rude to you. They're so entitled for your writing. You're like, you're writing on your spare time for fun. And then, you know, they're, you're so kind as to put it out for people to read and to enjoy. Like, they shit all over your hard work. Like, that's, they don't owe you, like, you don't owe them anything. They don't owe you anything. Like, there's no reason for them mm -hmm. to get mad at you or, like, be mean at you about, like, the choices you've decided to make in your fan fiction. And Henry, like, does feel better with Alex. They're, like, defending his honor. But he can't help that they think, that they're entitled because like he's been in fandom long enough to know that like everyone's interpretations of characters are no more valid than his. It's very like common knowledge that in fandoms, like, you know, when a character is put out before the world, that character like does not belong to the author. It does not even belong to a fandom. It belongs to that single person to interpret how they please. Right. And he's like going on about this, but then Alex let it sit slip that they are wrong because even the author herself agrees with Henry and his brain just stops working. Oh. And that's how Henry learns that Alex's sister is the author of White, Pink, and Minty Green. And she Ooh. knows that he writes fanfic of her book. Okay. I get what he was like. He was being so good at comforting her, but like he has almost an exact freak out like Jude because he's like, I don't actually really want to know that, like, the author ha knows that I write fan fiction of her work and, like, you're related to her? Holy shit. But, like, mm -hmm. with Alex physically there, he begins to calm down. And, you know, he tells him that, like, June thinks fondly of him and, you know, of fan fiction and of your work. And, you know, she agreed and she likes all of the stories that, like, Alex told her while, while they were on the phone together. And by the end of the freakout, all Henry can think of is, holy shit, June herself, she liked Henry's works, and holy shit, I'm gonna meet her. It is a very cute trip to New York. Alex takes Henry and Pez to the film set of the movie, and Henry fangirls over the actors of the movie, and over June, of course, and they do touristy things, like go sightseeing and watch a Broadway show, and between all of it, Henry writes... Alex and Henry crash at June and Nora's place Christmas Eve, and of course they do all of the Christmassy things, but Henry still finds time to write in the quiet moments. And he is about to wrap up the last paragraph when there's a uh, movement behind him and he notices that it's June. He immediately shuts his laptop. Like, he knows that she knows, and she knows that he knows, so they know about each other's writings, but they haven't spoken about it since Henry and Alex arrived in New York. But then June brings it up and she says, like, I've read your fic. Or, well, I've read some of it. I could, I couldn't not search for it after Henry told me. I, I'm sorry if that freaks you out a little, but here's the thing. Henry, I am quite familiar with the trials and tribulations of Archive of Our Own. And that's exactly why I'm guessing that the author of Red, Pink, and Minty Green probably isn't your dream reader. Henry stares at her. He doesn't even know where to start after all that how how did he ever find himself in a situation having a conversation with his favorite author about the fan fiction he writes and that she used to write and june says you know your stuff is really good i read a few chapters of your current work in progress and i i very much enjoyed it and henry says it, you know it's very good for you to humor me june but it's hardly necessary it must be so uncomfortable for you to see somebody else pretend they know how to write your characters like really you don't have to and June cuts in and says 
if I hadn't liked your writing, I could have just not brought it up with you. But I did like it, which is why I've got to talk to you about it. And I have to ask, do you have plans to write something original someday? And truthfully, Henry doesn't know. He likes his current job and he likes that writing is something he enjoys to do as a hobby. He doesn't want to turn it into something stressful, something pressuring, something that he might end up hating. And June totally gets it. She's living it currently. And while she would love to see what Henry would do with the characters and the worlds of his own, she also loves what he's doing on AO3. Like that she's like, you're bringing people to read my book because they read your fan fiction and they love it so much. And she loves to be a part of that. And the one thing I'll say for this fic is that it does such a good job having such like intricate conversations about fan fiction and like Mm -hmm. kind of what it means to be a fan fiction author of like, you know, not all fan fiction authors are going to become published authors. Like, we're all, we're not, like, the Cassandra Clares and, like, the the lady who wrote five, or, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey or the, Hall- the Allie Hazelwoods. Like, it's so great that they're out there, but, like, many of us are not going to do that, and many of us don't want to do that. Like, it's just a hobby for us at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Right. And it's just such, like, a nice conversation to read in a fan fiction. So we skip ten months later. The Los Angeles premiere of White, Pink, and Minty Green is a truly glamorous occasion. Nora, June, Alex, Henry, and Pez enjoy walking the carpet as almost particular nobodies, and June is more than happy with that, seeing that she is a pseudonym author, so her real name is not actually on the book, so nobody, no one really knows who she is. But of course, Alex and Henry can't go anywhere without causing chaos. So there's a fun running joke that's been uh, throughout this whole fic that Alex and Henry look particularly similar to the main characters of Pink, White, and Minty Green. So when they're on the red carpet with, you know, everyone else, there's a couple camera guys who are like, oh my god, you guys are doing such a good cosplay. Uh... We (laughs) We must take photos of you guys. Mm-hmm. And the internet loves them a little too much. Interesting. Interesting. So not long after their photos are like released by the paparazzi at the premiere of the movie, there are already edits and fan art and maybe a few works on AO3 by the time Alex and Henry get home to London. And when their 15 minutes of fame are over, Henry finds himself curled up on the couch with Alex, furiously typing away until those very last words make it onto the page. And he looks up and he says, I finished it. I finished the epilogue. And Alex's smile lights up his whole face. And he's like, oh my God, you finished it. Can I read it? And he said, no, not yet. Pez needs to go through it first. And besides, I may have written something else for you. I hear there's another ship similar to them. One that was all the rage a month ago something about an adorable cosplay couple and Alex blinks at him only to draw in a sharp breath a moment later Henry gets up and crosses the room he pauses for a moment in the doorway to their bedroom his eyes lingering on Alex who already seems completely captivated there's an excited gleam in his eyes that Henry has come to love so much god to think that Henry gets to have all of this that this was the end game for him to be endlessly in love with Alex and to have Alex love him just as completely in return. It's unbelievable, exactly like something out of one of Henry's favorite romance stories. Except this love story doesn't just exist on the page. And that is Hashtag Soulmates by Everwitch. Whoa. I love them so much! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. She's a... I tried to keep that as silent as possible. I screamed it no, in my hands. You're, yeah, you're deep in it, it girl. It was so good. I loved them so much. And, like, I didn't realize that, like, I would love a fanfiction about fanfiction authors so much. But, like, it was just so good and domestic and fluffy. And, again, there was so much I cut out with, like, the smut sections. And, like, there's a chapter about Pez. And, like, it is just so good. I loved it so much. And I'm so glad that, like, I was able to find this thing about, like, fanfiction authors and like what you know fanfiction means and it's just like i love them so much 
I know this book came out like three years ago, but if you're getting anything from this, like, please go read the book. Like, it is, I think, one of my, if not my favorite book of the year. Like, so good. You saw how tapped even, up my even book though, was. I, yeah, even though the book came out a couple years ago, In didn't she say? 2019, yeah. Yeah. I've read a lot of really good books this year, but nothing got my heart like Red, White, and Royal Blue did. It was so fantastic. And, like, the fan fiction authors are doing them so much justice. I love fan fiction authors with my whole heart. <laughs> Whoa. They're my favorite people in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was fantastic. It had such good conversations about, like, fan fiction and, like, not even the one about, like, you know, why don't, why don't you write something original, but, like, you know, what it means to write sex in fan fiction of like there's a conversation between Alex and Henry where they write about like they talk about like Alex being like well do you like everything that you write about and Henry's like god no <laughs> absolutely not and that's also like a really great conversation there's just like so many like there's a conversation about RPF and like what that does to people who the fan fiction's written about it's just like such a well-written fic with such like nuanced conversations about like fan fiction as a whole and then just like with Alex and Henry who are my two favorite people in the world I have to stop talking or I will talk for five more hours well I'm sure if any of our listeners know about this you can always reach out to Sydney just your fan fiction uh, ranks right now it's not a request (laughs) because this is you talking about it was my first time even hearing about this I'm also not yeah. in, like, the rom-com. I don't watch Hallmark mm-hmm. Christmas movie. I'm not in that world. Yep, yep. So, but I'm sure I'm sure someone else is, and they probably know about it. I need I need mutuals. I need fan fiction recommendations. I need fan art. I need so many things in this world currently. It is, it's becoming too big for my body. So, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for sitting here and li- letting me just, like, ramble away about fan fiction and Red, White, and Royal Blue because I haven't been able to do this for two months. And um, thank you for just being patient with us, honestly. Thank you for listening to another episode of Canonically Incorrect. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and Tumblr. You can send us your fan fiction recommendations, or if you're a fan fiction author that would like to be on our show, email us at canonicallyincorrectpod at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, you can donate a one-time donation at ko-fi.com slash canonicallyincorrect. <laughs> you can subscribe to our Patreon monthly at patreon.com slash canonicallyincorrect. Thank you to our Patreons at Tumnal River and Riley C for your continued support. Donate to AO3! And we'll see you guys next time! Bye! Bye.